Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live work and play. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas week. We're just getting close to Christmas. And all I can think about when I think about that is, first of all, it's a great time of the year to spend time with family and friends and, you know, give thanks and all of that. But I also can't help but think, where in the heck did 2021 go? Good Lord. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that, uh, you know, this year was starting and we're thinking, well, we're going to get 2020 behind us. And then, of course, we had to deal with the Delta variant and the pandemic continues. Uh, all is basically under control in coastal Mississippi currently. But, man, where did 2021 go? It's quite incredible. I've got a couple of favorite quotes that I like to share about entrepreneurship. I mean, I share a lot about entrepreneurship because I believe at the backbone of our economy are small businesses and local entrepreneurs who are making big risks, taking big, big risks uh, to do business here and to give back to the community. But uh, two that are my favorite. Here's one from uh, Steve Jobs of Apple. I'm convinced that about half of what separates successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance. Man, I, I, I've, throughout my career, I've understood that in order to achieve something important, whether it's a company or a community goal or whatever it might be, you have to have people, leaders, who are all about uh, um, perseverance. They understand what that means. They have dogged determination. I've always uh, been drawn to that particular quote. And here's another one from Walt Disney. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Courage. I, like I said, small business and entrepreneurship is really at the backbone of our economy. Yeah, we've got these big businesses, as I talk about all the time, the bookends with uh, Ingalls and Chevron on one end and, and Stennis Space Center on, on the other and all this tourism economy and the casinos and all that, really important. Couldn't be more important. But, but if you look at sort of the numbers, where the employees are, et cetera, Small business and local entrepreneurship is uh, is where a lot of the action is happening, and we need we need to support them. In fact, I'll tell you another thing that local businesses do. They give back to the community. I think one of the most important things that we can all do is give back to our community. There's always a lot of positive energy that's created when people pay it forward. I, I think it's actually pretty contagious. So the more people think this, the more people that act on it, there's actually an exponential positive impact that comes back to coastal Mississippi. Uh, with just one act of generosity or one act of kindness, you can actually inspire others to want to give back, to want to pay it forward. So if everyone is, has something to give. I mean, that's always been the case. Everyone has a gift to share. And when you give, believe me, believe me when I say this, it makes life more complete for you. It makes my life more meaningful because you know that you're making an impact. You know, one of the reasons I started Coast View nearly two years ago was because I wanted to focus on those in coastal Mississippi who are literally leading by example. My hope was that the more we learn about how to pay it forward and the more we learn about ways to pay it forward, more people would contribute their blessings. And gosh, 
does it take a lot of dedicated people, a lot of volunteers uh, working at every level of our community to make coastal Mississippi the special re region that it has become. And it's going to take a lot of dedicated people going forward as we aspire to do things even better, to make coastal Mississippi an even better place to live, work, and play. So as I look back on the last two years, we have really stuck with it. Uh, we've received a lot of positive feedback. The main goal was to make our guests the star. Really, my role is just, just to facilitate these conversations. But I think we've made a lot of progress with the show. And as long as I believe we're making a difference, uh, we're going to continue to stick with it, even, even in retirement. People say, I thought you were retired. Why are you doing this show? Well, uh, it's kind of a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a hobby because I would say it's more of a labor of love, but I've really enjoyed it. So I want to thank you for listening on 103.1 uh, FM. There are a lot of people who pay attention on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast. I really appreciate you engaging this show. You can also watch it on Super Talk TV. Um, I want to tell you real quick about something that happened in the early days of Kosia. One of the things I wanted to do is really focus on what I call the stalwarts in the community, but I also wanted to make sure we capture some characters along the way and also some young people who were coming along that were doing amazing things. So if you look back at the first week, started the show with Governor Haley Barber. And we talked about the recovery effort in the book that he wrote about Katrina that I had the pleasure of writing the forward to. We had Rick Carter and Terry Green. What, I mean, one of the one of the most viewed shows we've done to date, as they talked about uh, the early days of Island View uh, back when they started, you know, the, the pride of Mississippi that evolved into the modern day Island View. But what a great story that is of perseverance. If you want to go, if you want to go laugh a little bit and be inspired by commitment and dogged determination. Go listen to that conversation with Rick Carter and Terry Green. You just go to Facebook and put their names in Coastview, and you'll get it. You know, I talked to John Harrison, the CEO of Hancock Whitney, longtime community leader. He and I have worked in a community for so many years. Alberto Ibargwin from the Knight Foundation. Alberto and I had the opportunity to work together because the Sun Herald was a Knight community. Uh, they gave millions of dollars uh, after Katrina to help with the recovery effort. We have the Knight Center, nonprofit center today because of Alberto's leadership. Well, the list goes on and on. People like Jerry St. Pay and Dave Dennis and Tish Williams over in Hancock County. So many, so many amazing leaders. But what you don't know is that before Coastview ever started its live shows, I did a dry run on the Friday before the show started, and I invited uh, a, a young entrepreneur to come join me, someone who I got to know really well. You're going to learn more about him shortly, but I invited Joe Cloyd to come and sit with me at the studio, and we, we recorded a show that played, I think, about a week later. And, uh, and man, let me tell you what, I didn't know, I did not know what I was doing. I literally was new to this craft. And uh, what, I, what I understood was if, if I could just have meaningful conversations that we would learn together how to pull this off and we would, we would be able to make Coastview, I hope what it's become today, something that people enjoy listening to and that you can learn from. But Joe Cloyd was nice enough to come and join me and um, I learned a lot more about his life. Uh, he's a local entrepreneur. He works out of Ocean Springs. He's got so many different businesses. I think you're going to be incredibly amazed. But going back to the the uh, the thing that I read at the beginning about Steve Jobs being convinced that half of what separates successful entrepreneurs from those that are not so successful is pure perseverance. Joe defines that in every aspect of his life. So I've invited Joe to come back and join me, and uh, you'll get to know him a lot better. 
And if you met, if you even if you saw that first visit we had together, you're probably going to learn some new things because he has he hit the ground running in his career. And uh, since we met last, a lot of new things have happened in his world in terms of development. So without any further ado, I want to welcome my friend Joe Cloyd. How you doing, my friend? Doing great, Ricky. Thanks for having me on the show. It's nice to uh, it's nice to be back, and I'm um, glad maybe both of us will do a little better job <laughs> the first go around. Well, we did. It was <laughs> man. I tell you what, it was good. I, I went back and watched it, and uh, I'm amazed that that was numero uno. But you know, I think because you and I had worked together so closely, you came over as the executive director for the Alabama uh, oil recovery efforts that I had the pleasure of leading for for Governor Riley. Uh, because I wanted, uh, you know, we needed you to be part of our team because of what you and I had learned together working with Haley Barber on the recovery effort from Katrina. So you and I, we go back a long way, and we've been, we've done a lot of work in the community together. You worked out of my office for a year, uh, working for Haley Barber because there weren't places to meet. So I, I let our conference rooms be available for, to the governor staff so that they could have a place to meet. Um, maybe even longer than a year after Katrina, but we've, uh, we've had a lot of, we've shared a lot of uh, memories together, but I've always been impressed with you, Joe. You've been someone who I believe that from the day I met you when you were 21 years old and working for Haley Barber as his aide to camp, I was convinced that you were going to be a very significant leader in your life. And I often have said to you, and I'll say it again here, that I think one day you'll be governor of the state of Mississippi. Okay, I know you you laugh at that that notion, but I I think as people hear us talk today, they'll understand why I feel that way. But it's it's been it's been an amazing journey that the two of us have been on, hasn't it? It, it really has, and um, you know that's uh, quite quite an honor for you to to say that about me. Um, I do think that um, my talents and skills, whatever they are, are um, I like to serve them locally. Um, I really do. Uh, being on the school board is, is somewhat of a thankless job, but I really, really enjoy it. We've got an incredible school district over here in Ocean Springs. I've enjoyed doing that for um, for quite a long period of time um, and hope to do it for the next few years. Um, and there's some other efforts that I've been working on here uh, in town uh, using examples that we did there in the governor's commission that I look forward to talking about a little bit later. But again, you know, like like Governor Barber said, I've never been I've never turned down a job I hadn't been offered, but I don't plan to seek any real uh, higher elected office. That's uh, we'll see. We'll see if the future stay married, which I do. We'll, we'll see what the future holds, but. This is Joe Cloyd. He's a real estate developer in Ocean Springs and someone who's just super active in the community. When we come back, we'll tell you some of the things that he's involved in, and then we'll kind of retrace some of his steps that brought him into this current role. We'll see you after this break. On Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I'm visiting with my friend Joe Cloyd. He's a real estate developer in Ocean Springs. He's more than that. Uh, he downplays his role very significantly by just saying he's a real estate developer. But hey, Joe, where are you sitting right now? I'm, uh, I'm in my office here at, uh, at Washington Avenue, the Hemingway Hotel that we opened in um, April is uh, is directly above me. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's a, a really pretty day here, um, here in downtown Ocean Springs. And everybody's getting excited for the uh, upcoming Christmas here in just a couple of days. Well, when you were sitting in my office back in the early days of recovering from from hurricane katrina did did you ever imagine that one day you'd be developing hotels and you know i mean uh extent you know what, what do you call your light the lighthouse what is, uh, assisted living and memory care yeah, yeah there you go there you go did you ever think that you would be in such a diverse group of businesses other developments that you've been involved in i, I didn't um you know god chooses a you know, special path for all of us. And um, I just, uh, I really enjoy learning a lot about uh, a few different types of businesses from, you know, long-term more apartments to senior housing to uh, hospitality and and, uh, and other other businesses that I'm involved in. It's, uh, it's interesting, every day is a little bit different, but um, there's challenges and opportunities that have presented themselves, certainly over the last year with COVID and, uh, but, but things are good here at the end of 2021, and we're looking forward to a great 22. So you learned, uh, you know, you did the Katrina Cottage uh, uh, development in Ocean Springs. You went on to do the Roosh. You did the Hemingway. You did other developments along the way. As we pointed out, you've, you've opened uh, Lighthouse. You've got plans to do more. Um, going Building the Roosh, though, was a great learning opportunity for you, wasn't it? It, it really was. Um, we, uh, we, we assembled a really good uh, team to do it. Um, we initially were planning for it to not be a hotel, or my vision was for it to be more long-term apartments, which I was familiar with, and office space. And um, just over time, uh, the, the concept really developed into a, a full-service boutique hotel. Um, we just opened our uh, third expansion there. We have 19 rooms uh, right now. There's uh, an incredible um, backyard uh, pool, pool house set up um, that we're uh, already doing a lot of events and everything. And so we we feel like we've really maximized um, that property and brought really a great asset to, to our community uh, for people to enjoy and for people from out of town to be able to have a nice place to stay that's reflective of the great community we have over here. Well, for people who, who don't know about the roost, describe what it is and describe where it is and why that's important. So it's, a, it's about three blocks from the heart of downtown. It's uh, west of downtown on Porter Avenue. Porter um, was originally the, I guess you would say, Highway 90 before the highway system got developed. So it's, a, it's the original commercial corridor for town. Um, it had... Um, I guess falling out of step over time with more uh, activity going to Highway 90, and we just felt like there was this great building uh, there, and we've created a spark um, in that area of town. It's really spreading and enabling other people around us to do other great projects and just improving an area of town that wasn't um, as improved as it was about five years ago. 
So you're sitting in the Hemingway. Describe the Hemingway to people. So the Hemingway is a uh, it's in the, uh, the you know the Roost network, uh, if you will, uh, of management via uh, rain travel collection. Ted and Roxy Condry, my partners in that development or in that enterprise. Um, we have four ho four hotel rooms. Uh, like I said, open in April. Um, they're uh, expertly uh, finished. Uh, my, my wife, along with another um, interior designer, really did a great job with it. Um, matter of fact, we are in the have a, have a paragraph, not a long section, but we're we have a paragraph about the Hemingway and the December January edition of Garden and Gun, which you know we believe is a great. Uh, it's a great publication. It's really a testament to the quality of project that's here. It's in an old 110-year-old uh, bank building, and it's truly mixed use. Uh, my office and another attorney's office are in this building, as well as a, a nice retail shop, Mimi Rinky Design, and then the hotels upstairs. So it just um, it's it's a great uh, corner here, right when you enter downtown Ocean Springs. It's the first building you see. It's so interesting to hear you talk about it in those terms, being sort of a developer, owner, creator of these visions that are around mixed use. As, as we think back about Andreas Duani and the hundred architects and planners that came as part of the recovery effort, uh, part of the Governor's Commission on Recovery, Rebuilding, and Renewal. I mean, he he said then, I've said this many times on Coastview, he said then that one of the keys to our success in coastal Mississippi is building mixed-use communities, mix, building mixed-use downtowns where we people could live, work, and play downtown because the trend is moving in that direction. But, man, he could not have been more right about that, couldn't he? It, it certainly works uh, here in our downtown, uh, at least in my experience. Um, and this is, you know, it's a mix of lodging, office, and retail. I mean, and, and it's not a, a big building, but it all kind of works together. Um, and I do see um, more of that uh, coming and proliferating around Ocean Springs and, and certainly in other communities in, along the coast um, are, are ready for that kind of development as well. So, Joe, let's take a step back for a second. Uh, tell people where you grew up. I grew up in Prentice, uh, Mississippi. Um, it's a, a small town about 40 miles west, northwest of Hattiesburg. And um, I did, my aunt and uncle and cousin lived here in Ocean Springs. And so as, as a child, I spent a lot of uh, holidays down here and just grew an affinity for, for the water and coastal cult, Mississippi Gulf Coast coastal culture. Um, and I can't really envision myself being anywhere else. Just really love it. Um, but Prentice is where I grew up. And um, um, and it was uh, it was a nice uh, small town um, there that really grounded me. You know, I was able to, to get roots and wings um, in that environment. And uh, I'm glad that's where I'm from. Proud of it. You went on to Vanderbilt. You got a degree, but I was always fascinated by the fact that you also got a minor in classical guitar. <laughs> that, that's that's fascinating to me. And it, it, it tells a lot about you and your interests. Well, I'm, uh, I have a, practically a degree in philosophy and a minor in classical guitar. Maybe I'm set up to be a coffee shop owner. Uh, <laughs> so that, maybe that'll be the next thing I tackle. But it was, as, as we pointed out, when you got out of Vanderbilt, you worked for Haley Barber, aide-de-camp. You know, well, try, describe in your terms what an aide-de-camp does for a governor. 
uh, aide de camp or a keeper of the body, you know, practically, uh, you're, I was his personal aide uh, for the first uh, 18 or 20 months that he was um, in office, and I helped manage his uh, schedule and um, just sort of all the daily affairs. And one of the uh, key things that I felt like he said to me is, you know, I want you to sit down, uh, sit in, sit in in every meeting most every meeting that I'm in, because the more that you know, the more you can be helpful to me. Yeah. And so, um, and so essentially that's, uh, that's what I did. Handle logistics when we traveled a lot. And so I would do all the logistics there. And it's really just a, a, a jack of all trades, master of none kind of role. And I uh, kind of have evolved into that, into my, into my current business role right now. So like well, we uh, little did we know when Governor Barber would come down to the Sun Herald to editorial board meetings, and you were in the sort of the back of the room. We, you know, we're always pleasantly saying hello to one another, and we'd visit with the editorial board. Would visit with the governor. Uh, little did we know that Katrina would hit, and our paths would cross in such a significant way. But explain to people you had sort of evolved into a new role. And that was going to be kind of kind of where you were going to be for a while as you planned this big event. And you could tell them what the event was. And then Katrina has. But tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the aid role for the governor um, is a, it's a tiring role. Like it's a, it's a lot of hours. Um, and and so I had sort of reached, um, you know, burnout is probably the wrong word, but just I was ready to go do something different. And um the, the governor was able to land the National Governors Association's annual meeting. It was supposed to be held in Biloxi in 2006, and, uh, and he asked me to direct it. And so that was a segue sort of to still be connected to him and his office, but uh, to go do something different. And um, I was, you know, young and single and was looking forward to coming down to the coast. I moved down summer of 05, late summer of 05, and uh, rented a house um, down here on the beach in Biloxi or kind of off the beach but near it. And life was good. I had a year to plan for a four-day event. And um, as we all know, uh, August 29th, 05, changed a lot of things for a lot of people, including me. And uh, where I saw my place kind of disappear and the coast was certainly not ready to uh, host a big conference like that in 06. But well, hey, let's do this, Joe. When we come back on the other side, life life is a series of forks in the road, and that was a huge fork in the road, but it introduced you to people like you got to work closely with Leland Speed, and we'll, we'll remind people who he is, and Jim Barksdale, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in Mississippi history. And when you have those kind of associations, it changes life in big ways. But when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Joe Cloyd. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with one of the really, really emerging entrepreneurs in coastal Mississippi, Joe Cloyd, who's a he calls himself a real estate developer from Ocean Springs, but his his contributions and his sort of net is much larger than just Ocean Springs. But Joe, when we went to break, we were talking about, you know, when Katrina hit, you know, having the opportunity to work with Haley Barber 
in the post Katrina world that that the book captures so well what he did. Man, what a, an incredible leader he was. And then Jim Barksdale coming in as the as a chair. One of the things that those of us in coastal Mississippi who helped. Governor Barber formed the Governor's Commission. One of the things we said was, none of us can lead it because it would mean if you're from Gulfport or Belexia or wherever you're from, you would think that you're favoring that area. So we needed someone from outside the coast to be the leader of that effort. And he picked Jim Barksdale, who was incidentally a Democrat and his, his competitor's largest contributor when he ran for governor, which I thought was an incredible statement by the governor that he wasn't going to take a partisan view toward this. No, no doubt. And I mean, it's it's one of the many testaments to Governor Barber's leadership. He uh, was willing to put the right people in the right places, uh, regardless of, you know, what they had done in the past. And um, he just knew that, uh, you know, if Mr. Barksdale could figure out how to um, ensure the packages got delivered around New York City in a very timely manner, he could certainly uh, be instrumental in leading an effort like this to, to help rebuild our coast and um, I, I had um, such a it was such a pleasure having an opportunity to get to know Mr. Barksdale and, and, and Donna his wife um, over that, that course uh, we've kept up a little bit over time pretty good bit over time and um, just think so highly of, of him as a person but also uh, even more so just the tremendous contribution he selflessly gave to help us build back and help us think differently. I mean, he committed at least two million of his dollars in uh, in, a, in just a, in pure generosity and um, to enable uh, our coast to plan to build back better than ever. And I believe that, you know, 16, a little over 16 years later, I mean, I think a lot of proofs in the pudding that things have worked out to the better. We're on the rise in coastal Mississippi. Yeah, no doubt. Well, one of the one of the things the governor wanted to do is make sure that the money that was being used to run the commission was private money, not public money. That way, it wouldn't be have all the the swirl of the public money coming into this organization. So, Jim Barksdale committed a million dollars, and the Knight Foundation committed a million dollars, and we ran the governor's commission off the two million dollars that was raised, and never looked back. And then Jim found, still found other opportunities to contribute in ways. We we have the the the, the Barksdale Pavilion down at, at, at Jones Park now as a result of his inspiration. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible the kind of people who are involved. And then Leland Speed. I mean, the opportunity to work with Leland Speed. Tell how important that was to you. Uh, oh, yeah. It, it was great. After the Governor's Commission sort of uh, completed its report and the, I guess, the post uh, work for the next six months uh, was complete, um, I, I went and worked as a consultant directly for Mr. Steve when he was the director of MDA. He, he called me his dirt guy, and um, <laughs> which is, you know, one of the better things I've been called. So that's great. Uh, but he um, he, he was uh, it, I was in a role where when um, a, a, develop, a developer from around the country, investor, contractor, et cetera, had a specific interest in doing something on the coast, he would give him my number and I would take him around and uh, show them some projects, introduce them to local officials if they needed help that way, and really just kind of be his ears on the ground for a while and got to know um, got to know uh, him and Miss Bessie really well. And they were um, it's been um, an incredible uh, growing opportunity for me over time to have been surrounded by um, or or mentored in in small and large ways by Governor Barber and Mr. Barksdale, Mr. Steed, yourself. 
so many others that uh, that are critical leaders in our state and on the coast. And I'm uh, I'm thankful to have been under a lot of good wings. Well, you're a smart guy, and uh, you know people have said of me that I'm a human sponge. I will say of you that you are a human sponge because you took it all in, and you, and you you came here, moved to Ocean Spring. You end up marrying, and uh, tell us about your wife. Oh man, uh, I married Jessica Harrell Cloyd um, from a wonderful family in Gulfport. Uh, sadly, about a year ago, my father-in-law passed uh, really unexpectedly. Expectedly. Um, so we're we're um, going through a, a you know challenging holiday this uh, this year, but um, she's been my um, guidepost on so many things. Uh, she's a very very bright person, uh, caring, tough, and um, we have two wonderful kids. Uh, Gaines is five, and uh, Martha is ten, and uh, so we're. Uh, we have a, a nice little four pack, and uh, we're done. And uh, but we're we're excited. They're both excited for Christmas, and we're we're hopeful to to have a, a nice uh, Christmas and New Year's this year. Just John like Harrell, uh, John Harrell was one of the most significant coast leaders on record. What he did for Coastal Mississippi goes dates back a long, long, long way. I've had the opportunity to work with him in so many different capacities. And uh, I don't know that I've ever met a single person ever, ever that had anything other than amazing things to say about John Harold. So his untimely death left a serious void in coastal Mississippi. I can only imagine what it left in your family. God bless you guys. Yeah. So, so Joe, let's shift gears. So you, uh, you came back, you got into a bunch of different developments. We can't go through them all. We talked about the hotel side of things somewhat, and we've mentioned the Katrina Cottage development at Notion Springs. But you also, you know, the extended care and memory care that we discussed just quickly uh, a few minutes ago at Lighthouse. Tell me more about that. Yeah, uh, it's called Lighthouse Assisted Living and Memory Care. It's in, it's in Ocean Springs, fairly close to the Ocean Springs Hospital. Um, we have uh, 60 assisted living suites and 60 uh, memory care suites. Um, going through the COVID period was a tough time for our staff and for residents and residents' families because of the inability to, to connect in a human way. Uh, we tried to do a lot, everything that we could to kind of continue the enabling of that connection. Um, but it's been, uh, I, I just have to say that our team out there, uh, the staff that runs that facility are second to none. Uh, Beth Joachim is, is a real leader with all of her other support um, that's out there. They're um, uh, really doing an incredible job for uh, residents and, and their families. Um, you know, during the end of life process, it's not an easy thing to, uh, to easy thing to go through. Um, we've had, you know, thankfully had minimal COVID impacts, although, you know, the, the incidences um, um, of, of catching the virus and some deaths have been just very, very sad, tragic, terrible. Um, we've done the best that we could through it and are very proud of how we how we handled it. Um, and I know that there um, I, I was led to be a part of this and partly because of my grandmother who was in assisted livings 
uh, in Nashville and in Minnesota, and I saw a couple of facilities that did things the right way, a couple that did not, and I wanted to be a part of the ones that did it the right way, and um, and and offering compassionate, constant care to those folks that that deserve it um, uh, as as they're aging. So. So it's just a, a development I'm very proud to be a part of, and um, and it's you know it's doing well. We're we're getting close to getting full. Um, we did a 60 unit addition during COVID. You know um, construction activities were um, uh, allowed during that period of time, and so we just took advantage of the down you know of the slower time to. To, to do the memory care expansion. And we just feel like, you know, there's just a lot of folks that have uh, Alzheimer's dementia needs and, and we're um, very well set up to, to help those those families and those people. So. Well, you know, I had followed the construction through your updates while you were under construction and I had never been there before, but I had the pleasure of being there for the grand opening. And I was amazed at how big it was, how big it was, how well designed it was, how pleasant it was to the eye, the way you guys thought about so many of these different things, the, the process of developing this thing, you must have had to do some serious homework to figure out what are the best practices and how do we make sure we get started deploying the best practices in the industry? We, we did and, and, you know, but from a basic core perspective, you know, ultimately I, I wanted to have a place that, you know, God forbid or when it happens that I'd be proud to put my mother and father in. And, and that was the guiding principle of our team. And, and it's currently, it's, you know, we've been open for a couple of years and it's still a place that I would be proud to put them in or uh, if, if that time comes. And ultimately that's, that, that's the goal of that development. Yeah, for sure. Look, when we come back, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about. Uh, in fact, I want to ask you. You know, this is not a political conversation, but you've had some dabbling in politics over your over your career. Just want to hear what you have to say about the division in the world that exists today, and what do we do about it? Uh, and then we'll just see what else is on Joe's mind, and we'll see you after this break. This is Joe Cloyd. He's a real estate developer in Ocean Springs, and uh, we'll continue the conversation on the other side. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with one of the bright young entrepreneurs in coastal Mississippi, Joe Cloyd, someone I've known for a long time. I had the pleasure of working closely with him. When he worked for Governor Barber, uh, even before Katrina, when I was publisher of the Sun-Herald, and have stayed in touch with him throughout all of this, and we've become friends along the way. I continue to be deeply uh, impressed, actually, with his um, his perseverance and dogged determination, entrepreneurial spirit, and his willingness to give back to the community. You, Joe, you've been involved. You know, you've worked for other governors as well. I want to specifically ask you. What do you think about the divided world we live in today? It's it's terribly unproductive, um, and it, it it feels like um, 
the the narratives certainly from the left, but you know, debatably from both sides, are driven from a little further away from the middle than they have been over time. And and it's just very hard um, to, to to really get things that are productively done uh, from a you know from a national level when when your uh, voices are, are are leading from the outside rather than from closer together. Yeah. And um, and I think that uh, you know unfortunately that's sort of what's been been the direction for our country for the last you know, 15 or 20 years, um, and it just, it just leads to stalemate and, and division. And that, that from macro is what, what I'm seeing, um, whereas, you know, most of the country, depending on the day and the issue is kind of center right, center left, the, the, the leadership tends to be, a, you know, much further left, and maybe a little, maybe a little more on the right, and it's just harder to, to see productive conversations happen when there's really not a, a central footing for either side. At least on the national stage, that is for sure. On the national oh, stage, for sure. And, you know, I, and I'm <laughs> about state or local there, sir. No, I'm I'm with you there. I, I do think if from time we do we do kind of sometimes in this state move toward a populist message, but as uh, the speaker Gunn and I talked about on Monday. Uh, the the reality is that we're still able to get bipartisan support for bills in Mississippi that are good for them all, and I mean, what the, in order to do that, you got to compromise. So there's, you know, I, I, again, a, a lot of Republicans involved in Mississippi in Mississippi politics these days, but there are also Democrats involved. And the fact that you can get Democrat votes these days is a testament to the willingness to compromise. And I wish we would see that on the national level. Unfortunately, we don't see that. Hey, Joe, you've been super involved in the community. You give back a lot of your time. You mentioned the school board. There's so many things that you've been involved in. But the one thing that I noticed recently, more recently, was that you've been involved in the homeless community in, in downtown Ocean Springs. Tell me more about that effort. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so there was uh, obviously Ocean Springs and all the cities had a um, had recently had our city elections, and you know we had several good folks that ran for mayor over here, and and e each of them I, I tried to talk to about. There were three issues that I thought were important for our community. Uh, one being the pursuit and hopeful uh, ins ins institutioning a uh, redevelopment authority here in town. Um, the other one is just kind of take a little stronger look at, at how we're handling tourism lo immediately locally in Ocean Springs. And then uh, the third was, uh, I, you know, I'd like for the city to take a hard look at, at our homeless population and things that we can do um, from a community resilience perspective and balancing that with the um, uh, compassion that we need to show towards those individuals that find themselves homeless. And so that, it's, that sort of leads us to let's form a homeless task force or council. And after Mayor Holloway was elected, I had a chance to visit with him kind of after the election before he took office. And I brought my little three things up to him. He said, yeah, that homeless thing, why don't you chair that? <laughs> and I said, all right, uh, yes, sir, I will. And um, I had to put my money where my mouth was. And so uh, in October, it took a few months to kind of get it together. But in October, we kicked off the Ocean Springs Homeless Council. 
Um, we've had three meetings with the full council so far, um, and we are going to not unlike the governor's commission on recovery and re rebuilding renewal, the Alabama oil spill commission that we worked on, ultimately come up with a series of recommendations that are actionable and uh, realistic by and large that we can recommend to the county, the city, uh, the nonprofit community about, you know, things that we can do to help um, our town be resilient and help individuals that want care to be resilient to homelessness. And, um, you know, we're about halfway through the effort. We're planning to deliver a report in March. And, um, and so it's a it's it's an effort that we've got about uh, 110 folks involved in it um, in town and uh, it's something that I'm uh, proud of being involved in it's not an easy subject to discuss um, but that doesn't make it not important and um, and I do think if we don't do something about it now we'll regret that in five or ten years and so hopefully we can get some basic things in place uh, through this effort well, Joe, you're the, you're the right guy for the job. I, mean, I saw you in action in the Governor's Commission over in Alabama. We had over a 1,000 people involved in that effort. In both cases, we wrote books that, that really got to the nut of it. And the key is just involving as many voices in the community as possible. When you do that, you find solutions that matter to people. And I'm, I'm proud to hear you guys are focused on that. We're at the end of our time together. But thank you so much, man. I appreciate you joining me today. Hey, thanks for the opportunity. This has been Joe Cloy. Have a great day. And again, Merry Christmas. We'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.